Live from the apocalypse, scarier than the concept of communism is to Americans, this is State of the Game. Welcome, uh, all the people, you know, all the people. Uh, I am Dan O, and I don't overvalue my own frustration. Think about it. Um, but... I'm with I'm with someone who's truly an incredible person, and and the a lot of the reasons the statistics behind me, the Spotify mm-hmm. rap, like all these plus signs, uh, in listeners, streams, and followers, due to this gentleman right here. I no. I will say I posted, so it was in the RMPP chat. I've been doing a lot of live chat and just jumping into the live chat, talking to folks. Uh, it was one of them say, Hey, what is your uh Kosovo? He's in Africa. He was like, What is you know, what is do you do? And I was like, Here's the thing, uh, you know, free music empire, you can search wherever you can podcast. He pulled up the no name episode. Oh, listen to the no name episode, and I it wasn't, but like, I don't know, 20 30 minutes in, he was like, Hey, Diggy is so real. Just like fucking right, he is every goddamn time. <laughs> every goddamn <laughs> shout out to that man, yeah, man. So it's uh great to have you here as always. And this is the this is the OG shit. This is what we built this foundation on. I am yeah. still, by the way, anybody who hasn't caught up on it, that fucking conversation with lungs, Fick, uh Feek, and um No Face was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Those are some smart folks. Hundred percent, absolutely. I'm still rolling around a lot of the concepts that they talked about. I think I think it's that's a conversation that that I chew on. It's a good one, and this is a good one too. We so the three albums we're going to be talking about today are kind of examples to serve our point, right? Uh, Unsung the rappers, hand painted model trains. Uh, that Mexican OT, Lone Star, Luchador, and Alchimera by Lord Olo. And when you say that Mexican OT, that that's that's his full name. Yes. Yeah, that's the name of the artist. Yeah. Let's... Yes. And you know, you know what OT stands for, right? No. Out of Texas, baby. Oh. Okay. I should have put two and two together. Yeah. That's that's, that's fantastic. OT is great. <laughs> OT is great. Um. Yes, so it is the the discussion is this, right? I'm certainly not going to ever do a freaking podcast where I tell young artists how to get on because I've never put out a rap album, okay? And I'd be full of shit. I don't want to do that. I don't want to be one of those self-help guys who doesn't know what he's fucking talking about. So, or like the not even self-help guy, but the you know the the rise and grind folks, you know? <laughs> It's all theoretical. Yeah, they, they you know speak I mean? in they're theoretical. Like, yeah, they're like game planning what, you know, NFL players should do with their money. Like, you, you need to calm the fuck down. So, <laughs> um, that's not what I'm going to do. This is focused on the listener side, right? Mm-hmm. When you are listening to a to someone you've never heard before. Yeah. How do you listen to that? And I'll tell you what the stakes are, 
Okay. Because we've mm-hmm. all had conversations. Everyone who loves music, right? Who's a diehard for music has had the conversation where you're like, I hated that person or I didn't like that person or I didn't understand that person. And now I love them. Yeah. In real, if you, if you really diagnose those years were wasted. Those years it took you to learn how good this person was were wasted years. You could have been enjoying. Mm. So, okay. I'll let you, I'll let you finish. Cause that's interesting. You said wasted. Yep. I did. But isn't, aren't those years part of the process to getting to enjoy them? The... So you're, you're thinking of it in a holistic kind of way. I'm talking just kind of in a profit and loss way, right? Okay. Like, okay. Yep. What we want is to get to knowing they're good quicker. Right. Does that make sense? Maybe I should yeah. put that differently. Um, but it's, we want to get there quicker. Mm-hmm. We want to tighten our process up. So we say, all right, first listen, I didn't get it. Second listen, I'm locked in. I get mm-hmm. it. Right. How do we do that? How do we adjust the way we listen to music? so that we can break down the components of what we're hearing. Mm, okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm following you. Yeah. All right. And that's why I wanted to throw three completely different albums at you. Mm-hmm. Right. So that we could look at this and say, Oh, what, like, what are the strengths? What, what it makes this unique? Well, you know, what is what is it that I'm looking out for when I'm right. hearing this? What's the interesting, you know? And because we always talk about, right, being interesting, you know? Uh, but then being interesting is kind of the top of the umbrella, right? It's like it flows down from there, right? Right. There's specific components of being interesting that you can actually break down. Mm-hmm. We're not just giving, you know, big vague concepts and walking away. Um, So that's, that's, I think the mission here today. Um, Yeah. I hope, I don't know if I explained that in the breakdown. No, you did. I'm following you. Cool. So, yeah. I mean, what do you, what is your experience over the years? How do you feel the way you listen has changed? Let's, let's just start with when we started state of the game. I mean, I think over the years, uh, I mean, the last couple of years, just the way I view, like I hear music, I think has evolved. I think when you listen to it so much and yeah. in such a focused way, I think you you subtly start engaging with the music a little differently. So I like when I when I hear music now, I almost picture it like like I'm stepping into a room, every song is like a room. And it's almost like a, it's almost like a physical sensation. Like I can feel, like I can feel like the different parts of the song and then like the presence of, of the artist as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just a different, and it's just something that's come on like rel- relatively recently, I would say, but. That's, yeah. that's I mean, it, it, because you really do when you think about stepping into a new room. Yeah. You're stepping into a new room. What are you looking for? Who do I know in this room? Right? 
what is is what is here you know are there books here is there punch here like what is this? right so you you really do have to start grasping your environment and take and take your time and drink it in it's and you so th this is one of the and what you're talking about is really good because the way people listen to music aggressively now I don't know if mm. you, like, because the timeline has sped up, right? The reaction yeah. cycle has sped up. Now, when you say aggressively, what do you mean by? I mean, so new album drops. Yeah. What do you think of this album? Everyone's asking you at the time. What do you What do you think of this album? Can you imagine turning your to your timeline and saying, "I'm not sure. I'm still I'm still figuring it out." Mm, right the timeline would rip you apart right it's, they you know need, either... they need you to go hard in the paint one way or another right they need you to have uh, yeah <laughs> i see what you're saying so there's like, there's pressure to have an opinion you are you saying there's like pressure to have an opinion formed about something very quickly yeah i mean th this drake is trash <laughs> or this this is a classic you know like it all happens in a matter of minutes sometimes it's not even done with the first list like people are people and there's a pressure to be first so i guess the comparison would be you remember how news changed with the 24-hour news cycle mm -hmm. and tmz outpacing the news cycle right right um and fact checking became the enemy, right? It was like we don't have time for fact check. Right. You have to get this out, right? It's it's like Ricky Bobby. If you're not first, you're last. And so that's how it's become not just for news, for all of us, like for for social media discussion of music, right? Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And it's funny because I I've definitely I noted this on an episode, I can't remember which one, but I was like talking about how I've noticed journalists when Armand Hammer drops an album, they'll be quiet about it for a while. Mm -hmm. There is no instant reaction cycle with Armand Hammer. I might've told this to Elucid. Uh, but like, because nobody wants to, you know, fuck it Looks up stupid. and get beaten down. Yeah. But because both of those dudes are on social media. Well, because no, no one, like, everyone wants to have an opinion. But for, for guys like Armin Hammer, they don't want to have an uninformed opinion because they know, like, they'll get corrected. You do not want to like, get if cooked. you say, hey, song is about X, Y, Z, you know you'll have at least five pounds. Like, uh-uh, no, you're, are, you, are you stupid? Are you not paying attention? You're not listening? The song's about ABC. And... There was a, do you know, I'll give you an example of that. My, my favorite example. Right. <laughs> uh, there was a lady who wrote a pitchfork review for Mayhem Lorenzo. Mayhem Lorenzo. Okay. And it was, I think it was called White Girl. It was a relationship song, you know, dating a white girl. And she was like, this is pretty boring, paint by numbers relationship song, blah, blah, blah. And Mayhem Loren cooked her and was like, <laughs> Bitch, this is about cocaine. 
You don't even know what the fuck you're talking about. And like, it's like, how, but think about it. Condi Nast is who runs Pitchfork. Condi Nast loves hiring like Yale, Harvard people. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? People that probably don't move in the circles with the terminology Mayhem Loretta has. So, how would she know? Right? Uh, but, so, he cooked her, and and I was like, that's always the danger. If you're going to stick your chest out as a music reviewer and be like, here's what this is, you better know what the fuck you're talking Yeah. 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 And, I mean, and it, and it is a risk because you have to be you have to be fast but accurate at the same time. Uh, and th- I mean, that's, and that's most of the time, that's hard to do both at the same time. And it's, it's like you, you've heard me when I interview people and I'll, I'll have an analysis, I'll drop the analysis. And at the very end of it, I'll say, does that make sense? Or am I, am I pulling shit out of my ass? Right. I'm not, you can't, you can't say that in a review. Like, yeah, does that make sense to you? Yeah. You know, like it's, it, it's not I'm not insecure. It's just it's that like I want to give the artist space to jump in. Like yeah. in in that case and be like, nah, man, it ain't fucking real. Uh it, because it sucks getting that wrong. It sucks getting yeah. And what what I've noticed about us is that we we don't usually interview people like the week their album drops. Yeah, that's real. That's real. There's always been like a delay. Whether it's like two weeks, three, I know, I know some people we've even, we've talked about albums that have dropped like a month ago. So you've had you've had time to really like sit with it and really digest digest and come up with something. Yep. And and an analysis that other other uh, critics wouldn't quite have that time or quite do doing that investment. Yeah. That's dope. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, we've had time, and that's always been built into Free Music Empire, right? We always hated, like, first week reviews. We always hated that shit. Yeah. We were always like, nah, man. Like, I, m- I remember sitting, waiting for six months, and then being like, boom, I figured it out, you know? Mm-hmm. Because to me, growing up, I used to just tell people, like, all this music is mine. Because they would come up to me and be like, what do you know about Sarah Vaughn? What do you hear when you're talking about Sarah? I'm like, all this music is mine. I don't give a fuck when it was released. Right. (laughs) All of it. I don't give a fuck. Like, yeah, you saw her on TV. You know how shiny your teeth are. I don't give a fuck. (laughs) I've heard this album. I know, I know this artist. Like, I was, that was the focus, right? That time doesn't matter. You should be able to hear the music and know it's special. Yes. Great. So that's that focus carried over to starting Free Music Empire, right? And that was like, I should be able to hear this and live with it. And that's I started posting reviews where I fucked up and didn't understand some shit. And, and laying that out there is like, here's what I missed about X, right? Here's what I thought initially, and here's what I was missing. Right. Uh, and 
I mean, that's how I want to do it. <laughs> to let people know. Um, but yeah, it's it's been it that's been fun uh as a process. But yeah, the process is always being able to hear things better, like being able to take things in because sometimes you miss the boat on an artist, like it'll take your relationship with Youngtha, you know? Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. You were anti Young Thug for a while, right? Mm -hmm. This is jarring. I don't like this. There isn't really a lot of meaning behind it. And then you started, we started to live in a post Young Thug world where everything was so influenced by Young Thug. And going back to the material that started, you were like, these knockoff Young Thugs make me really, make me love Young Thug a lot more. And I, I think it was that. And I think sometimes you have to think about the way you think as well and really and challenge like the way you have to understand the way you listen, listen to things. Yeah. You know what I mean? So when I say when I when I when I heard Young Thug at first, like I didn't I didn't understand it because I, I didn't really have like a frame of context and the way that I listened to you know, rappers or artists didn't really uh, fit the context for a, a person like Young Thug or rapper like Young yeah. Thug. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but then, you know, it, once you start realizing that and realizing your how you listen to music, then you can start challenging assumptions and kind of breaking outside of the thinking of of of, of how you how you view music. Such a critical point. Such a critical point. To build on that, right? Like, yeah. I remember I was watching an interview I, with Isaiah Thomas a long time ago, right? Which and one? Not, the OG Isaiah not, Thomas? Yeah, not the one the Celtics ruined. The, <laughs> the original Detroit Isaiah Thomas. So, the um, he was being interviewed. He was like, people were just, people hated me. And I was like, this isn't fair. You don't know me. You don't know who I am. And I was like, uh, you're... You're missing something important. Like, I understand your point. We don't actually know who you are. You might give to charity. All these, I don't fucking, right? Mm -hmm. But who, but beyond that, basketball is, basketball has a lot of personality. Like, yeah. the way your game works says a lot about you. For sure. Right? If you hear Jokic interviewed, he sounds like how he plays basketball. Yeah. Right? You like, like Coltrane headline. You you play how you live. Exactly. So in the game, we could see who you were in the game, and how you played the game. And a lot of us hated that and, and thought you were a dickhead, right? But like, it in rap music, it's a similar deal because you you'll sit there with an artist and you hear their story and you hear how they convey their story, and you're like, oh, this guy, I don't like this. Fuck. Like I don't this this is not somebody I want to hang out with. This is not somebody I vibe with. Right. Does that make sense? And what you can do if you overvalue that, you can miss out on good art. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you're listening for great music, you're not trying to make friends. Mm. When you're listening to great music, you're not trying to Mm. 
Because I'll break You're never going to meet Mariah Carey. <laughs> okay? But right. music will be there. Right? So right. don't overvalue how simpatico you are with that individual. The other part of that is like, you know, I, these people have, if you feel too connected, right, to their personalities, you're going to be extra disappointed when a scandal breaks, right? Or they're just not how you imagined them. You know, right. I, I, I mean, rappers. the oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, go oh, no, go yeah, go ahead. I had rappers who I looked up to, who I went to shows, and I was really excited to talk to them, and they blew me the fuck off, and I walked out of there and said, "It is my job as someone who cares about music to not care about that exchange." Right. It is my job to be smarter than. To right. be able to say, who cares? Enjoy this music. Continue to be a fan. Continue to support. Because the music is more powerful than a handshake or a hug or whatever the fuck. Yeah, I mean, you can... I think that when you, when you detach yourself from the personality, you can appreciate... You can appreciate, like, like how do I explain this? You begin to appreciate the technical aspects more. So instead of appreciating necessarily the artist, you can appreciate their contributions to the genre that you love. And you can appreciate their technical ability in a way like you don't have you don't have to like someone to deem them a genius. You know right. what I mean? Right. Right. No, they, like Miles Davis, you know, had lots of domestic abuse problems and like there's, there's just lots of people who've been through shit uh, and who've done who've done a lot of shit right right and so you know the music exists and like I understand cutting off and not listening to music if someone's being predatory and they're actively being predatory and you don't want to fund mm -hmm. them totally get with that but don't get mad at me if I listen to Miles Davis now, even though he used to do that because he's gone. So I'm not. And, uh, yeah, I mean, and that that's like. A, because I've had this conversation with people before. a lot of people can't like separate the personal yeah. from. But I, I think when you're able to do that you can view things as said on a technical level and you can, you can see things and you can hear things that sometimes you wouldn't be able to see if you're so caught up and enamored with the personality. Exactly. Yes. And so it is perfectly acceptable to listen to music, however the heck you want to listen to music. This right. is, you know, totally. If your mission is to catch as much good music as possible, mm -hmm. then being too married to the personality of the performer is going to get in the way. For sure. You're going to be listening for the wrong things. And this is not even like the, they might disappoint you be a dickhead beyond that. Even if they aren't, if they make a turn in their music, right. Future used to be a nice fella. 
<laughs> used to make NBA bumper music, dude. Like, I'm not gonna lie, it was fun. And then it went real dark, you know? <laughs> like, and if you're personally invested in, like, but that was my buddy Future who did the bumper music. You're you're not going to give him the space to grow in a different direction. Yeah. So that will reflect where his life is at that point. You can't hold people in that place. So that you, you got to right. And then you, you're going to hold it against him when he doesn't perform or behave in the way that you 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 thought he should based on something you created in your mind, yep. essentially. Absolutely. So which album would you like to talk about first? Oh, you, you can start because. Let's, uh, you know what? Let's go with Al Chimera. Mm -hmm. Lord Olo. I've got a Lord Olo ski mask coming in the mail. I'm very mm. excited about that. Um, but he, he's killed it on features. Uh, he had an incredible feature. I think it was on like Incorruptible Saints. Uh, with Milk and Sleep Sinatra. Mm -hmm. uh, Televangel beats are on this. The I think Alchimera, this came out this year. It's got a lovely cover. I think the production on it is quite good. For sure. Because you, you've got Televangel, you've got AJ Swade, you got Christ Koopa, uh, who are all very talented folks. Yeah. Um, and they all represent a real certain sound that comes through here like these beats are interesting to me how would you describe the production it's um it's funny because I, I i think it of the, of the three albums i like this one was my favorite that's awesome. um because i think the the production like you said the production to me is it comes off as very atmospheric and to go back to what I was saying at, at the beginning about, you know, hearing music like stepping into a room, like every song on the album felt like a different room in like the same house. Yeah. Uh, and what, what I loved about it, because to, to, you know, kind of expand on the metaphor, it almost was like he was like a host and he was giving you a house tour. Yeah. Uh, Al Chimero. And he's like walking you through each room and it. It was really, I, I, I really enjoyed it. That's awesome. I'm glad. I'm glad. It's, it's I I think there's a lot to talk about with this album, but starting yeah. when we're talking about the production, to me, the production is almost, it's regal. Mm -hmm. Like if you look at the album cover, the album cover, it has a lot of gold on it. Yes. It has a lot of gold. There's dark colors in the background, but it's there's a lot of gold, um, and and these this these beats sound regal, you know they shine. Um, and it's it's that northwest kind of televangel sound. Uh, it's real dope, and very good stuff. The other, the other part of it that I think stands out to me, the elements of why, like why should you be interested in Lord Olo? Why should you remember that name in bookmarking? So 
the ear for the beats, right? Because the you're yeah. right, these beats feed into each other. This is mm -hmm. this is a, an album that really is seamless. You can listen yeah. to it, be done with it. How long is it? Is it 29 minutes or something? 29 minutes, yeah. 11 songs, 29 minutes. Yeah. It's a real sleek experience. There's it's not too long at all. It's not too short either. It, right. it feels right, you know. Um Olo is someone who can do a lot with his voice. Yeah. I yeah, I mean, the, his, his voice is very diverse. Yes. I felt like he did a lot of different flows on this album. Yeah. A lot of different tempos and paces. Um, you know, from, you know, Happy Happy is crazy. Um that was probably that was my favorite beat i mean that was such an I, I don't know who did that that beat that was such an interesting beat to me um i think olo might have produced that yeah great great beat yeah uh olo produced that himself yeah he has some beats on here so uh my groove uh olo's voice bounces all over that yeah. telep angel beat um yeah i love Ofrenda with with Wish Baby, Eyes Up. Oh, War is crazy. Mm -hmm. Like his his flow is so. Then uh, so. For, the other thing about that I think is interesting to hear, because if you get good enough at this stuff, you pick up the attributes that are good with the MC, but once you pick those up, you start thinking about what is their mission statement, right? What is, when. As in, what are they trying to do? What are they trying to accomplish here? Right, right. What is this about? Yeah. Right. Um, and I think this album is is Olo kind of saying, I don't fucking, I don't have these fucking limitations you guys are arguing over. Like, mm. I, I'm better than all this shit. And he's he's confidently stepping into so many different songs that all fit together to let you know, like I am that guy. Mm -hmm. And like he, Olo doesn't sound like an underground artist to me. In what way? How do you think an underground artist sounds? Like what? What I was saying. You remember? Like I said. I heard B.O.B. mixtapes before he was a thing, right? right. Uh, before he made the the wedding song with Bruno Mars, right? Uh, beautiful. Was that Beautiful Girls? Something like that. The, uh, but yeah, that took over the whole goddamn world. But oh yeah, back before when he was just a mixtape person, I was always like, this is a pop star. Because what the music he was making was so deeply like catchy and mainstream and like he obviously had skills that were for the world you know what i mean mm. if you're an underground artist you a lot of times you have a specific uh set of things you like that will never fit into the mainstream <laughs> think, about, think about our guys from last week, right? Lungs. Right. He 
no face. These are never going to be rate like platinum stars because they're they're aggressively interested in jarring me sounds. Mm. And that is not what the radio is interested in. That is not what Sphere is interested in, right? Like, so. Yeah, there's not a lot of, in the main, the main space, there's not a lot of experimentation. There's not a lot of uh, appetite for something new, for the new. I get, or 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 what I should say, un, untest, not untested. Maybe that's the wrong word. Un, unproven, maybe. Well, there is. There are people who are like, you know, moving around and changing what they do and experimenting to some extent, but they're not doing it like Fat Boy Sharif is. No, no. Right. So that's what I'm talking about. Is the experimentation on that level? You know, that's yeah. not that's not something that is going to be a mainstream situation. So right. Um, In terms of, right. Okay. I see what you're saying. Yes. I feel like Olo can definitely be a mainstream situation. Yeah. I, I, there's a lot of, of songs on here where I'm like, Oh, definitely. Like he's, he's got catchy hooks. He, he's got pop sensibilities that that's kind of, I like to refer to it as like, he, he has a pop sensibility. Like he knows what what sound what sounds catchy. Even that song Heaven Belongs to You, that last song that closes it out. Yes. That's, that's a jam, dude. Like that's you know, you could play that for somebody who wasn't initiated with any of this stuff. Right? Mm-hmm. And they'd be like, shit, this this is good. You know what I mean? Like they would right. be, because that'd be a song like you know you you go on a road trip with your friend you guys get in the car and they're like hey play that play that song yep and you're right a lot not a i don't want to say not a lot of underground artists make those types of songs but that's a that's a that's a special that's a or i should say that's a specific type of song when someone yep. uh and you got to have the right sensibility to make the, those types of songs where people hop in the car and be like, hey, play that song you played for me last week. I want to hear that again. Yeah, it's a really good, this is this album's a really good marriage of great production and great rhyming. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, yes. It's just, you know, it's not clearly thematically about stuff that you need to pull apart or anything like that you know it, it might have deeper meaning that i don't understand or know that's fine <laughs> um but it's not something that's going to present itself or or it, and it's not something you're going to feel like you need in order to understand right yeah so yeah you, you, yeah you can appreciate i think it's you can appreciate it on 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 multiple levels, I think. Yep. And I I think he does what a really good job of uh, because what what I thought about like what I liked about this album is that I think it incorporates when you know we're talking. I think the theme of the show is 
you know, how listeners listen to music, I guess. I think he does he does a great job. It incorporates elements of uh like the strengths of both all three albums. It, this this is like the the blend of the strengths of all three albums, I think. Oh, interesting. Uh, I, I think he did a good job, like you said, with the beats and the production. Yep. But I also think he did a good job displaying his personality. Uh, and switching switching flows, yeah. you know, keeping it exciting. Like So one of the things with these three albums that you're going to get like the, a hold of is that you have an obligation as a writer. You have an obligation to to like be good at this from, yeah. from a writing perspective and, and test yourself amongst the greats, right? Uh, ultimately, if you're not great at writing and you're a rapper, you're going to have limitations because you're resting so hard on delivery. Uh, there's lots of people with great deliveries. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. You're going to have to separate yourself. Right? Uh, and so... But great writing is not enough by itself because you're an entertainer. And if you're an entertainer, you need to entertain the people who paid to see you. Right. So that's what, that's what you need to do. You need to be able to entertain the audience. But if your writing's not there, you're missing, you're missing something. Right. So mm -hmm. you're right. The Alchemer is a really good balance of it all. Yes. Very good writing, very smart stuff. Like there's a lot of interesting things. We remember he talks about like not trusting Joe Biden and stuff and like just like throwing interesting things in there that you're like, whoa, that was weird. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think you can. You can listen to this album and get a sense of, of who he is. Right. Uh, I mean, and that, I, I think that's really, I, you know, as an artist, that's really all you can you can hope for. Like that when yeah. they're done with this, maybe they'll like a couple songs, but even if they don't, they're like, okay, like I know what this guy is. I, I kind of have an idea of what this person's about and they either like it or don't like it, but at least they 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 feel something. Absolutely, I, I think that that's a Kanye line. So, boom, he's, Kanye's back. State of the game, all star. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's interesting, and I think so. When you're talking about things you need to know, right? We we talk. It's in the breakdown. We need to know what is your sound. What do, what does a Lord Olu song sound like? Um, my answer to this question would be it sounds it sounds clean but it's got teeth in it it, it bangs you know there's nothing gentle about a Lord Olo beat right mm. it yeah it's clean but it bangs so that's that's cool um uh, what worries you? Oh, yeah, yeah. What is this album about? This this is the album that is affirming his character, right? 
This is this is an album that is like, watch what I can do. You don't even know what I can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he lays out all the problems outside of himself. And I think it's 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 I like those kind of albums, you know, especially from an artist I don't know that well. Uh, I like that hip hop makes you prove what you're doing, you know. Uh, so that's certainly enough for me. Um, yeah, and he is a good mixture. His personality and pace is the, the third category I put on there. Um, I think I really like the changes in pace, the amount of pace, the amount of different speeds he's comfortable in. Yeah, I really like the mixture of kind of his train of thought. So he seems to really follow that mm-hmm. um, and know what he wants to do. Right. So the other thing I would add to, to the to the thing is this album sounds doesn't sound like his peak. Yeah, I, I would agree. This definitely is an album where you're like, oh shit, he could totally top this. And it's really, really good. Yeah, it is good. I I think uh I yeah, I mean, is this his what what album is it? Is this his first or second album? I don't no, I don't even know what what people are doing. Uh but because it's I mean, I I think right. I think um, there is yeah, there is a lot of room for growth. I mean, to be honest, I wasn't I I thought the track listing could have been a little bit a little bit tighter like i thought like you it can be divert diverse but i thought the flow of it was no but it, it's weird because i i like there's nothing about about the the track listing that bothers me but there's something that does bother me at the same time about it interest uh yeah I, I think there's a lot of room for growth. I think I, I'd love to see him do like a like a one. I, th- I think that's the thing in the underground now doing a one producer album. Hell yeah! I'd, I'd love to see what you know like how many how many songs did Televangel do on on this project? Uh okay. By the way, this is not his first album. Okay, he's got. You know, albums going back 2017, 2014. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is somebody who's been around. So, I, yeah, I just wanted to be clear. And we are not talking about new artists because we have basically, we're talking about anybody who's new to you, right? Yeah. Uh, There's a lot of artists that are new to me. Exactly. <laughs> you got to, it doesn't matter whether it's their first album. It's a matter of you listening. How do you figure it out? So, right. Um, so he did Triflin. Televangel did Triflin. He Televangel did My Groove, and mm, that's it. I, I yeah, I'd love for him. Was he? Was there an executive producer for the album? I don't. I don't he, know. Yeah, I think I. I think. I'd love to see what someone's vision of of Olio would be. I would love it to be Swayed. 
Mm. I would love to see Suede produce an entire yeah. album. Yeah. I really like Suede's production. I think Suede is a very, very good and smart producer yeah. and would be able to really connect a vision up there. And and I think it, you know, just you know, talking with the artists that we've talked to this year, you you realize, you know, you realize how important it is to have like a, you know, an objective voice in the studio with you, like someone who views you as an artist, you know, like objectively as an artist. Like, hey, this is what I want to hear from, even though you're like standing right in front of me. This is what I want to hear from you as an artist. Right, someone who knows what your best sounds like, yes, can hold you to it. Right, like that's key. Um, so yeah, he's got a good group because Christ Coop is a great. Like any any of the producers on this, I would love to see a first a full length with. Right, Christ Coop is yeah. great. I love everybody's beats on this, so I, I fuck with it. I'm really glad that you connected with it. Mm-hmm. I wasn't sure how you would how you would take it, but. Go. Let's let's go to hand painted model trains. Mm-hmm. This is unsung the rapper, uh, who has his own podcast. I was on that podcast. He's a great dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a it's unseen underground. Uh, this one's thirty five minutes long. Thirty five, thirty nine. Not much longer. Mm-hmm. Um, this there's no uh, anyone who ever takes shots at this album only says one thing <laughs> what's that that the beats aren't enough the yes, beats the only aren't enough. Heard. I have not heard anyone shitting on his lyricism I have not anyone heard anyone shitting on, on anything th- that way I've heard people say, I just need more from these beats. I mean, I actually like, I liked the beat. To be honest, I needed more from him, but I did, I liked the beats. Oh, more from him. Yeah. You big gangster. But I, I thought, like, when, well, I, I thought the beats were the, were the strong, strong part of the. Because he produced it. Yeah. Yeah, he produced all of it. Yeah, uh, and, and it's, I thought the production was the strongest part of. Uh, I don't. I I I like the production. I'm just telling you what I had heard from other people. Oh. From my from my vantage point, I re I like the production because he knows what he's doing. Right, it's really creepy production. Mm-hmm. My favorite song on here is "Sunset Is Wallpaper." Number yes. Four. Yes, that's mine. That's mine too. Like that. That's when the album the album picks up for me at sunset as wallpaper. Because that is where he's like he sounds at creepy enough to match the beat, and now it's like you're being haunted by a ghost, mm-hmm. which makes sense because this is about this is about the death of his father. This whole album, um, and so. It should sound that way, right? Um, yeah, I mean, I think "creepy" is a strong word. I think "unsettling." It's yes, it's it's unsettling. Yes. Yep. Yep. 
Yeah, I, I, I really liked the production on the album. I think there was that, there's an incongruence between the the production and him and his rapping. Interesting. I, I just, I didn't feel like they were as in sync as they as they could have been. So yeah, when you when you say more from him, are you talking on that level of like you're not like you're you he is not flowing into the beat effortlessly, or are you talking about like I you're just bad at writing this stuff? Like how 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 far are you going with it? I think it's like uh it's like when you when like to, to continue the room metaphor, when you're in the room you got to have like the right furniture and the right alignment. And, you know, like, I, I think he just didn't have the room set up correctly. Like I didn't, cause not only just like the production, like I thought the production was good, but I didn't think like his, his flows at times or, you know, his delivery or like his personality. I think that's what I meant by more. Like I didn't, after listening to this album, I didn't get a sense for who he really, I didn't feel like I got a sense of his personality. Interesting. Well, yeah, and that is something that he has talked about because the thing about Unsung is he is hilarious. He is one of the funniest fucking people in underground rap. His podcast is hilarious. He's He has a very dry, funny sense of humor but he doesn't really utilize it in the music. Mm, mm-hmm. So we listened, you remember, he's friends with Teddy Faley, who did the Teddy Brown Brown album. Do you remember that? Right. Yeah. And that album has, has a lot of trauma in it. Yeah. But it also has a lot of humor in it, dark humor that feeds, right. feeds into it and creates a full picture. I think maybe that's what you're pointing to that like this album is so dark and it's so sad uh, that it's like unrelentingly. So Um, there's a, there's a part like, was it track nine divisions of time near the end of that song where he says like, you know, I'm standing like next to the cop, my father's coffin. He never would have let me stand this close to him if he was alive. Mm. It's unrelenting like that. This is this is a hell of an album, uh, in terms of just being about a thing. Like there's songs in this album where he's talking about bringing like his dad's clothes to Goodwill. Like he's it, this is a a sad album, but I think what you're talking about is the the beats provide you a dimension, right? That's right. The, the ghostliness, right? We got that. The the tragic nature of this album is that other dimension. I think you were like, "Where's my third dimension?" Yeah, I mean, because. Is that fair? Or I want to know. I I want to know. Kind of more about you. I want to know more about you as well as an artist. So yeah, you you. 
I don't know how to, you. I think as an artist, you can rap about something, but you can also interject your personality and your. It's almost like, uh, like how do I say this? Um, it's a, it's almost like a good reporter, maybe like a good sports reporter, or something. Like they'll tell you what happened, but they'll also interject their personality and let you know show demonstrate how what is happening makes them feel and what their perspective on it is yeah i, I don't know if that makes sense i just well, didn't yeah, get I, like... I, I just think it's it's the writing on this album is very literary right it's it's a very mm -hmm. literary kind of thing it's there's some beautiful imagery uh you know dissection of stuff and it's it's a very smart album yeah um but I can see how if you're like, I don't have drums, right? Like, I don't have drums to make it fun. And the this is very tragic and it's very literary. So it's very dry, right? The mm -hmm. flavor I'm getting yeah. is dry, you know, and I need something uh, to take care of that dryness. Right. Is that, does that make sense? Yeah, that's, that's a good way to put it. So I think, I think I understand that. And I think, I love this album. I love, love, love this album. But I think that is an opportunity for this album is like catch us off guard with your humor a little. Um, put a little more into these beats so that it moves a little more. So that there's like um, surprise us, right? Surprise us a little bit uh, in how you're in how you're creating and conducting. this. You know, like I think of like uh like Kendrick Lamar off a of good kid, mad city. Yeah. Uh, is it sing about me? I'm dying of thirst. Yeah. You know, that's a, that's a really sad song. Yeah. But yet there, but yet there's, there's humor and there's perspective in it. Like, you know, he's where the second verse where he's, where he's rapping from the perspective of the young lady. Okay. Uh, that approached him off the street about a song that, that Kendrick wrote on this last project, the project before. Gotcha. That you you can still rap about something very sad, but yet still give perspective about it that's still engaging, in a way. It's like painting painting with different colors is what we, I think yeah. that's the metaphor we use in a previous show. And and he has the colors, right? It's just he's got to start feeding other parts of his personality into this yeah so that he doesn't yeah he because he's like not giving us some of the coolest things about him you know right uh, i mean he's got the furniture he's just got to arrange it in the room the right way i think that makes sense so uh to go into this some of these questions you know what does an unsung song sound like i think you could answer this right this is uh it sounds beautiful but sad right like um yeah it's it's tones right it's yeah. it's tones that stick with you he does have a signature sound here right uh -huh. um yeah the, the the what worries you thing i guess there's a little this is this is a this is an album that 
I won't dock at all for any of the like too much of what worries you because this is dedicated to the death of his dad. Like, yeah, he's trying to get over this. He's trying to move through it. Like, I totally get that and understand it. Um, and this is going to be an important album for people that are in similar situations. For when when you lose someone, you'll be able to come to this album and hang out with his album. Yeah, but once the when you're looking to the future the next album shouldn't sound like this right the next album should be more more of these different colors different dimensions of the personality right right and it, it's like we were going we were saying about i i'm not judging what he's the content I'm judging like the technical, the technical aspect of right. it, you know, like that. I think that's what you can look at. Like technically, is there a way he could have expressed this idea better? Yeah. I mean, and, and I think there, there was a lot of, there's a lot of, I don't want to say there's a lot of room for growth in that way, but I think there were ways that he could have expressed it, what he wanted to better on a technical level. Yeah. The yeah, the third like the I think that ties into the personality and pace thing, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's songs here that really stick out to me that I think are are like as example, we talk about runs a lot, right? Mm-hmm. My favorite run on this album is probably three, four, five. Odysseus recovers his house, messages, sun says wallpaper. Yes. Uh, I mean, I liked I liked the geode too as well. Yeah. yeah. So geode was I, yeah. I think the three, four, five, six. I would okay. add geode. The but that's like there's a real opportunity there to to build that like. There's a there's a lot if you like I would say if you listen to this album you've never heard unsung, you should be excited for the next album because um, even if it doesn't give you everything even if you accept Kay's criticisms of the album, these are easy things to overcome. Yeah, right. Like he he needs to embrace the freedom of it. Right. He set up a framework. And it's a it's a great framework. I really like this album. I would say the next mission is to challenge that framework. Yeah, I mean, I, said, I, I the main takeaway for me would be surprise me. Yeah, right? surprise me. I, next. I think it's like he's making a meal. He's got all the ingredients. Just a little bit of seasoning uh, is going is going to really make it pop. Yeah, that's and that's why I put this album in the mix with Lone Star Luchador mm-hmm. because Lone Star Luchador has has seasoning and then some mm-hmm. personality and then yeah. some, right. Yeah. So if you could take a little bit of that free that that energy, you know, it would go a long way. 
And and that was the thing because I I listened to the that Mexican OT first. Yep. Yep. And then I went into unsung. Ooh. So it's it's really the contrast between the two. Uh really and, and I mean and that's that when when you listen to music back to back, that kind of it's almost like you know, with wine they give you like a palate cleanser. Sometimes you need a palate cleanser because if you just drink one wine next right next to the next one, you don't and see that's the advantage I have over you. I know these albums, so I listened to Alchimera first. Mm. Then I went Lone Star Luchador, and then in the afternoon when shit was calming down, <laughs> I would I would get into that. I would get into the the hand painted model trains because you know waking up, logging into work, and putting on hand painted model trains is like yeah that would be a lot, man. See, and that I mean, and that kind of ties into what you were saying at the beginning of the show. Like you're right. Like sometimes you can hear you got to have the right context for the album because right. you know an album will sound different in the morning than it does at at twelve. 12 o'clock at midnight. You know what I mean? We talked about the the uh, Alchimera cover. This is a cover that is just like the album. It's perfect. Mm -hmm. Right? It's well. a black and white, you know, ruined structure, right? Uh, with the the water and the whole deal. Uh, it's, it's washed out, right? It's tragic. Um, it's perfect for this album. This is a, like a dark, cold day album, you know. Yeah. Where you were just stewing with with what's ailing you. Yeah, I I did really like the cover. I thought the cover was great. By the time I was done, that I was like, man, I should really put this, like this, as a part of a King Cruel playlist. <laughs> this would go really well with King Cruel, you know. I bet it would. I mean, if you put it next to King Cruel, I bet it would. There would bring it would bring out certain elements of it, like that had been. Yeah, I I I, I would agree with that. That would be my thing. Is okay. Is like, feel free to play with this album in the future. Throw it into playlists. Mix it up with shit, and let this act. Let the let it act as something that breaks. Um. Uh, a pre-existing sound up you know what i mean in mm -hmm. a playlist right like you've got like little wayne and two chains and then boom you throw in this yeah and it's like holy shit this is different like this this album is a special album um and i think this is not saying your critiques aren't real like they're real <laughs> but i think there's a lot of life in this album uh mm -hmm. Feel free to live with it in different places, different ways, man. Yeah. Uh, Lone Star Luchador. I this is my favorite of the three. Full, mm. full disclosure, I am an idiot and I love this kind of shit. I love <laughs> this kind of shit. It's fucking great. Um I have I have so much fun with it. Um what how how hard did this hit you? How was the first listen? <laughs> I, I I thought he he's got a big personality, um, and I thought he he did a great job like 
you know, when you think of the elements, like you think of the music in terms of how you listen to music, uh, you know, there's there's the beats and there's like the musical atmosphere and then there's the personality. And I thought he had a he has a very charismatic, big personality. Uh, and just just the tone, like from the gate, the commentator skit that really like just set the tone for what what I was going to be listening to. It really does. It really does. Uh, when you're yeah, the shout out to Ralph Barbosa doing great work on this. Mm. Uh, this album is 18 tracks. Mm hmm. But it's only 38 minutes. 38 minutes, yeah. It's it's pretty it's pretty smartly put together. Yeah, I, I think there's a there's a looseness about it that's really <laughs> appealing. Yeah. Um smartly put together, there's all it's almost like you don't know. It, 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 in a lot of ways, it felt like a cartoon to me. Uh, or like a Red, Red and Snippy episode. Right. Um, you just didn't know what was what was going to come next. Red and Snippy is such a great comp for this. Like, um, just, I, I could never even... I was always terrified of Red and Snippy. <laughs> because of the sound effects the sound effects were so terrifying <laughs> yeah I mean that was an intense it, it was an intense show like it was an intense show for it to be on Nickelodeon which is wild to me that's the 90s so, you know like <laughs> like this is this definitely has that um, but and, but as as silly as it is, this is an album that that really wants to be elite. Hmm. Okay. Which is cool, right? Like, think about Cowboy in New York. Yeah. Why is that called Cowboy in New York? Because it's certainly well, not. It's certainly not a story song about him going to New York. <laughs> why why is it? Cuz cuz he grabbed a, a mob deep beat. That's Shook One's oh. part 2. Oh, I didn't even know that. I the thing about the thing about this is mixtape shit. Right? Mixtape shit. Um what would happen? What happened a lot when there came? New York was the first with the mixtapes. Everybody knows this, right? DJ Clue and all that shit. Right. Um, but once that wave came in, and Southern artists started making mixtapes, and that floodgate opened, a lot of Southern artists were grabbing Shook One's Part Two and rapping over it to prove that they were lyricists too. Mm -hmm. That oh, this is your classic. Watch, I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. And I know a lot of East Coast people were like, "How dare you!" I was so happy about. I was like, 
that's such a compliment to that beat. <laughs> and see the original song that you're like, watch. And that's what he's doing here. Cowboy in New York. I'm gonna I'm gonna grab your beat, your classic beat, and I'm gonna smash it. Mm. Yeah, I, I did get like you said, I, I did get a sense of ambition. There is an ambition in this album. Like he's really hell bent to show you how good a rapper he is. Yep. Yep. Would it be do you think it would be too much for me to say that this has some of the best skits of the year? I mean they're they're certainly memorable. Uh and I I, I said I th I think they fit cuz I'm trying to think uh, do I I can't even think of what are some of the most memorable skits of this year. I can't really think of any skits I mean, off like, the there, I can't think of a skit that was better than the conscience sketch, like the conscience skit. <laughs> Track 14. That <laughs> fucked me up, dude. Yeah, and because like the last half whole, of the album has multiple skits, right? That whole rant of like, you know, <laughs> they say you should make good decisions and you know, uh, and try and, you know, save them for the future. And he's like, fuck that. That's broke people shit. You know? <laughs> um, and he was he was like, nah, you're doing great. Keep feeding me drugs. Like, fucking nuts, man. I was dying. Uh, yeah, I did like it. So what, he had the commentator parts one, two, and three. Yep. The conscious skit, and then Spanky Tommy Lee. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I I did it. It really, I really felt like a Red and Stimpy episode to me. I I thought it was, and that, you know, and that's kind of what we were talking about at the beginning uh, of the episode about um. You know, you have to challenge the way that you 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 hear and think about music, because honestly, like this wouldn't have been my cup of tea right but if you look at it as in what is the artist trying to accomplish i think he accomplished what he was what he was going for glad you feel that way yeah i mean this cover really does represent what the album's going to be you know yeah. it has every color you can imagine right it has <laughs> all kinds of crazy shit happening um I mean, I'm guessing he went on a, it looks like a shroom trip because he's right. got a lot of mushrooms in there. Right. Psychedelic stuff. You got the planet in the behind his head. And, but you've got like the low right. And then the Cadillac in the, the front. But, you know, it's from it, Texas. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's a great, it's a great fucking album to me. Uh, and it's, we give you some reasons, right? Like practical reasons. Okay. I was very impressed with how he uses his voice. Right? Obviously, he actually talks about his flow a little bit. He talks about his flow and how he rolls his R's and stuff mm -hmm. and, and how it's just intoxicating, and it really is. Like, 
Like him just I love Opera too with Max O'Cream. Because both oh, of yeah. those, both of those guys just have incredible flows. Like incredible flows. Um I mean that three four five is nasty. That that run is nasty. Uh but the fifth song, Brianon, is my favorite. <laughs> because I wasn't expecting that when that is when he starts just singing, like yes, belting out like, and I'm just like wow, like so. There's a fearlessness about him. Yeah, and and I think the singing, like you see it a lot with uh, who's that other artist? Like singing can be used as a tool. Like I think uh, is it Action Bronson? Maybe it's Action Bronson who like yeah, yeah, Mr. Wonderful, yeah, right. And you know, there's something charming about you know someone singing off key in like a sincere way. Yep. Like particularly when that person isn't known as as a singer. Uh, and it, it it's really like helps you helps disarm you or dis disarm the 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 listener in a lot of ways. Yeah, it's unexpected, right? It's it, yeah. like what we talked about, like surprise me, right? He surprises you over and over and over again. Right. Like I think a homeboy salmon when when we remember when we were interviewing him and he had this that song where he where he started singing, he's like yep. we're like, you know, why do you what was the choice behind that? He's like, Yeah, that's just how I was feeling. Like now was the best way to ex- express how I was feeling. He's letting the music speak to him, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, and over and over again, oh my god, he does some singing, 15 missed calls, like he utilizes his voice to the fullest extent. Like he gets an A plus plus from an entertainer standpoint. Yeah. And I think this does have a signature sound. I I mean, I think his, I think his personality is the signature sound to me. But I think, I think the Sonics are as fun as his delivery. Yeah, yes. I right? agree with that. Like it's not it doesn't sound like drill music, right? It doesn't sound like underground music. It sounds like Texas, right? Yes. Um I've got a friend shout I've got a friend who didn't know Texas music until I came back and started giving him Texas stuff. And he now loves Texas music and I was like, "Do you like this?" Right, yeah. this sounds like Texas, um, and it's funny as hell. Right, it's entertaining as hell. I think he will have he. It, this is very much an oppositional album to Dan Payne and Model Trains we talked about. Yes, his challenge is going to be the opposite. Right, his challenge is going to be. I want to keep my humor in check. I want to keep that in my bag. I want to be as horny as I want to be because that's fun. But I also want to be able to dig deeper. Hmm. You're, you're going to grow older. You're going to mature. You're going to have experiences you want to talk about. You're not going to want to be trapped 
in in a silly place. Right. Right. I'd agree with that. If you want to challenge your audience, <coughs> the place for him to challenge his audience is to be a little bit is to really surprise us by hitting us between the eyes. I would say with like, give us a full six minute story song. You know, with a surprise ending, like, holy shit, right? Like that would really be like, wow, he's he's on some other shit. He's going to have to surprise us lyrically. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think the for me, like the Houston rappers, they're they're good at that. They're good at, you know, they can talk their their pimp shit yep. but at the same time. Like they can give you when they need to, like, really dial it in. And be like, oh, I got like I think uh like you know UGK uh what's this what's the song? Uh, well, one day, the album, one day. The album is riding dirty. Riding dirty, but what's the song? One day, the bar. You, you is that that's the song you played at the barbecue, right? Yeah, definitely. Yes, you know, like you listen to like Pimp C, like he's known to say like wild things, for sure. But when he needs to dial it in and really lock in and you know express something serious, he has the ability to do that as well. So, one of the reasons, one of the reasons why it's a classic, riding dirty, right? Mm -hmm. If you pull up the track listing, it has one of the most jarring transitions in the history of of hip hop. And this is where I think, this is where our advice to, uh, you know, would be right. It the first song on Riding Dirty is an intro, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's a pr- the prison call intro. Yeah. The second song is one. Well, the first actual song is One Day, right? Mm-hmm. The song after that is Murder. Yeah. And murder isn't just about murder, and that's what makes it jarring. One day is soulful as fuck. Yeah. It is the kind of song that's hard to listen to once. You bring it back, you know, it soaks in. But mm-hmm. murder is a fast song. It's fast, it's aggressive. And when you get those two songs together, you start to understand what UGK is about. Mm-hmm. If even if it's your first time hearing, a lot of people their first time hearing him is riding dirty, yeah. and they understood him by the end of the album. So they're going to have to do a little bit of that. Surprise your audience. Uh, provide your audience real shit. Pimpsey was was fun as hell. He was talking. He was talking. What was in his heart? Yes. Yeah. So, dig dig and, into that. And you can have that. You got to have that balance. Because I, I mean, I think you know. I and I think the the Texas rappers. That's kind of what they're they're known for. Known. Well, I shouldn't say they're known for that. But that's how I I see them as. Right. Being able to, you know, have fun, but at the same time, when they need to say something they, they make sure that it's said absolutely and understood yeah 
No, I love it. I think that makes sense. And so in terms of these categories, it certainly has personality and pace, right? In abundance. Yeah. Uh, lots of different paces, all the personality you can imagine. Um, you know, I don't think I know what worries him. Right? I don't think I've actually gotten an understanding of what bothers OT. Mm-hmm. Like I know what he likes. I know what I know what he's interested in, right? But I don't I don't think I know what bothers him, which I think is the opportunity here. Mm. That's gonna be powerful, you know. Oh um, yeah. But I, I love this <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad it sat with you as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, man. The uh, so yeah. In conclusion, what like what do you think listeners should keep in mind, taking in like lots of different albums for the first time? Uh, I I, I think the key thing is, you know, really think about how you think really examine the way that you listen to music um don't don't view an album through uh like your own lens try to have like some empathetic listening as in what you know like we said what what was the artist trying to do and go from there okay this is what i think the artist was trying to do and then start examining. Okay, how were they? How were they trying to accomplish what they were doing? What what and, they set out to do? And in the and other then view it from that level, huh? Not, in the other direction too. It's not just I'm examining why I don't like this. It's also examining what is hitting so hard for you for an album you do like. Yeah. Why is it that this is connecting to? Right. And, and and it can be an enlightening when you when you when you view it like that, not only are you, you know, gaining from the from li- gaining substance from the album, but you're also revealing like your own taste and you're revealing things about yourself through listening to the album. Right. Yeah, totally. Yeah. You, when you are finding your musical like loves. They will say things about. Yes, hundred percent. Like as an example about OT, think of, the thing about OT is he's very sexual throughout this album, right? There's just a lot of humping around, but it's never in a scary ass mystical way. It's never like it, you're never worried about him. You're never like, oh, is he a predator? Like there's like a childish glee about it about his horniness, right? Uh, that I think speaks to his character. And that is what connects to, with me and my taste, right? That is how I am comfortable discussing this section. Whoa. You know what I mean? Right. I want everybody to be happy. Ultimately, so does so does OT. And right, and that helps you like as I said, you know, it helps when you discover that about yourself then you start incorporating that into your everyday life. Right. Know yourself. And, know yourself and so you're you're being rewarded. Not only are you being rewarded by 
you know, appreciating aspects of the album more, but you're being rewarded by growing as a person. Hundred percent, man. Hundred percent. That's a great way to great way to leave that. Um, yeah. That's a great conclusion. Um, recommendation corner. I'm gonna lead Psalm one. I'm I was so excited that Psalm one said yes to being our our end of year guest, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I was like fingers crossed, bated breath, but I didn't anticipate Psalm one giving us incredible recommendations along with ours. Uh, mm-hmm. Jumped in and, and recommended Zulu a new tomorrow. Uh, which is a hardcore album out of Los Angeles uh, that is like very dope and very pro-black. It's it's very dope and it is so it's hardcore like, you know, hardcore, you know, yelling and and hard guitar. But at the Mm -hmm. end of each song, there's a really beautiful, smooth transition. To the next song. Okay. So it's like rage, smooth, rage, and it's fucking incredible. It's such a cool, um, such a cool album. I gotta, I gotta get to know it. I gotta hit it more. So, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So check that out. I think it's it's really dope. Uh, <clears throat> what was I gonna do y'all? The uh, it's a lot of good stuff out here, man. Oh, have you listened to the Ox by Blockhead, dude? No. Shit, bro. The Ox by Blockhead uh, came out on Backwoods producer, um, and he he got everybody on that thing, dude. Um, Armand Hammer, Open Mike Eagle. Aesop oh, wow. Rock, but RXK nephew, like, uh, it's a it's the probably the best producer compilation of the year. Okay, wow, I gotta add that. Yeah, I've I've been over the past week. I've been more cautious about listening and catching up on all the things that I've missed throughout the year. Fifteen songs. It's mm-hmm. it's, it's really no, dope. But- uh, yeah, you got to check it out. The Ox, AUX, and uh, the third one, I guess I would say it hasn't come out yet. Uh, comes out maybe in February or whatever. Uh, Miles Bullen's new album, Time to Kill. I gotta okay. hear it in, in advance. It's monstrous, it's beautiful. He's okay. the best rapper in Maine. And I'm I'm proud of that. I think he is great. Um, so that's that when follow Miles Bullen when that comes out, get it done. Um, and Sankofa has an album called Bleeding of the Golden Goose that is coming out soon. And I am the first voice on the album. Hmm. pretty crazy I never thought that would happen so it's a great album too great album Sankofa's had an incredible year um, 
Yeah. So those are mine. Okay. What are you, what are you bumping? As I said, I, I'm trying to catch up on some of the albums that I missed throughout the year. And one of the albums I missed was uh, Falling or Flying by Georgia Smith. Oh, wow. Okay. I haven't heard of this. Yeah. It came out, came out like a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and it's funny because I was, I was driving in the car and I was listening to SF. Oh, SF. Georgia, Georgia Smith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And she had a song, Feelings, featuring Jay Husk, came on. Yeah. And it was like, okay. Uh, I'm I'm interested, so I I got into the album and I really like, really like the album. I think there's been a lot of growth. Like her debut album came out five years ago, and there's you can hear the growth in in those five years. So that's what I would recommend. Yeah, no, she, she's yeah, that album's really really pretty. Um, yeah, there's been a lot of really good R&B stuff. If you check out BJ the Chicago Kids album too, yeah. That's I. That's another. Your my my cousin recommended that to me. That's a good. I listen to that one too. A lot of good R and B. We got to do an episode of that. I mean, R and B is in a really strong place right now. It's hell yeah, phenomenal. Hell yeah. So, we'll we'll we will dig into that more certainly later on. Uh, mm -hmm. But yeah, treat each other well. Uh, yeah. Black Friday. I ordered a lot of hats. <laughs> More hats on the way.